This week, we've got more drama on eBay, some drama with your passwords, and a not-so-elite 8 sales update. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of the Galaxy CDs, Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk Podcast. My name is Ryan, and I am a full-time reseller, part-time YouTuber, and podcaster working out of my home here in the greater Cincinnati area. And this show is all about the flip life. In today's episode, we've got, it's going to be a fairly brief one. There was not really a lot going on last week. Uh, Sales were okay. I've got eight sales to share with you, a mix of eBay and Mercari this week. Um, And there wasn't a lot of news, but let's just get right into that. News updates. So I mentioned there was some drama on eBay last week, ongoing issues in a couple of areas, not anything really catastrophic, um, just nagging little things. The first one, if you're following me on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rocks, you probably saw me post that there was a problem with the required item specifics update. At some point during the last week, there's been a lot of pushback on some of the required updates and kind of the naming structure of them in within the media category in particular. Items were requesting an album name or album title, even if they were singles. So there was, a, I know, Auction Professor, that was one of his big rants. He was really, this thing is not an album, it's a single. And I kind of just assumed, as I was doing mine, that they were really just looking for the item title. So even if it was a single, I just put in the title of the single and got on with life. But at some point last week, eBay decided to go ahead and make a change for the sake of clarity. And within the actual update field, they changed that to release title, which actually makes a lot more sense. The problem came in when they, and this is just my guess on what went wrong here, but uh, it has since been corrected, so I think I was right. They did not go in and change the required item specific. So the flag that you were getting within the required soon item specific field still said album name required. You would go in and change the field that now was titled release title, and it wouldn't update your required item specific because there was a mismatch apparently in the database because those two fields no longer matched. I sent a message to eBay for business. They were surprised to hear about it and then claimed that it was no big deal. And I'm like, it is actually (laughs) uh, kind of a big deal because I've got hundreds of these that still need to be done. And at the end of the process, and I think it's July 12th, If those mismatches have not been cleared, those items will no longer be available for customers to find. So this is something that needs to be corrected. They said they would look into it. I never heard back from them, but several days later, the item-specific update field had changed to match what is now in the edit field, and it says release title. Let me know in the comments down below if you're still having any issues with that. I'm still having a little trouble in records and tapes cds seems to be okay records and tapes it takes it but it doesn't update the um, required soon warning until you save the update a second time (laughs) 
and then it seems to clear it out. So it's a kind of an ongoing, it's just all these item specific updates are a pain in the neck anyway. But when there's a problem with how they're being implemented and how they're updating, it really makes it a lot more labor intensive and a lot more time consuming. So this has been kind of a hassle. I'm down to, I think, 220 left to do. The other problem that I'm running into is that even though these item required or specific required updates are a separate piece, if you go in and try to do that and you're running a sale and your sale price is below your minimum acceptable offer price, it won't let you do the item specific update until you change your minimum offer price as well. And I've got hundreds of items on sale. So I'm going to ride that out probably until my sales end at the end of the month. And then I'll go in and finish that last couple hundred. And hopefully that will be it for a while. Moving on to the password drama I mentioned. Uh, This appears on uh, Fox 6 Milwaukee. It popped up actually a few other places. Uh, Nearly 26 million Amazon, Facebook, Apple, and eBay user logins were stolen by hackers. The private login information belonging to tens of millions of people was compromised after malware infiltrated over 3.2 million Windows-based computers over a two-year span. Uh, According to this report by cybersecurity provider NordLocker, a custom Trojan-type malware infiltrated the computers between 2018 and 2020 and stole 1.2 terabytes of personal information. As a result, hackers were able to get their hands on nearly 26 million login credentials, which included emails, usernames, passwords from almost a million websites. Uh, This research was done in conjunction with another third party that specializes in data breach research. The targeted websites included major ones such as Amazon, Walmart, eBay, Facebook, Twitter, Apple, Dropbox, and LinkedIn, just to name a few. Um, was transmitted through an email and illegal software, which included a pirated version of Adobe Photoshop 2018, a Windows cracking tool, and several cracked games. So if you if you ever clicked on one of those links, you might want to consider going in and uh, updating your passwords. It's a, it's a pretty big breach, once again. Although I would say this isn't really necessarily a breach. It sounds like you had to take action. You had to respond to an email or click a link in an email. So this is more of a user error slash Trojan type thing than an actual hack. Uh, But nonetheless, millions of passwords exposed. So uh, you might want to consider going back and changing passwords if you're on any of those major sites. Jumping back to eBay issues, there was another problem last week, and eBay has finally, as of this morning, acknowledged it on the seller hub. If you go in and you look at your seller performance metrics, many people are noticing that their ship on time or tracking uploaded information is incorrect. It's not a huge number of listings that are wrong. In my case, it's a grand total of three out of nearly 300. So it's not a big number. It's not going to affect my seller rating, but there are, in my case, there are three that are showing that tracking was not uploaded at all on those listings. It has my performance down to like 99.8% or something like that. Uh, But those items have all actually already been delivered. And if you go in and look at them, 
the tracking number, as sure as I'm sitting here talking to you, is sitting there on that listing. They have acknowledged that they are having a technical issue that has caused that to happen. This happened once before. I had a whole bunch. Gosh, it's probably been six months ago. That showed that tracking had never been uploaded. Eventually, they corrected the problem and those cleared. So I would not anticipate that this is something that's going to go on for a long time. But if you've looked at your seller metrics and you've suddenly seen that your tracking uploaded on time uh, has dipped, it's probably not you. It is a technical issue at eBay that they are currently working to resolve. Continuing on with eBay, I failed to talk about this a couple of weeks ago when they sent out an email. This is not, I haven't seen this on the seller hub, but they quietly made a change to the trading cards auction bid retraction policy. Uh, Based on feedback from our trading card seller community, we're updating our bid retraction policy for sports trading cards, non-sports trading cards, and collectible card game auctions. Starting June 30th, so last week essentially, or I'm sorry, at the end of this month, I think it's already July, man. I'm trying to rush through summer. (laughs) Uh, Starting June 30th of this year, buyers will no longer have the ability to retract bids on trading card auctions without the seller's approval. Sellers may accept or reject auction bid retraction requests at their sole discretion. However, we do encourage sellers to use their best judgment and give buyers the benefit of the doubt. Sellers who decline bid retraction requests will not be subject to any consequences and buyers will have the ability to appeal. But please keep in mind that honest mistakes happen. We expect the change will significantly reduce the percentage of auction bids retracted by buyers. So again, this is a category that I don't really sell much in. uh, But if you are a card seller, let me know if this has been a problem for you. Do you have, do you put a lot of cards at auction and are you seeing big numbers of them uh, with bids being retracted? That's kind of a pain in your neck. Again, starting June 30th, a trading card buyer wishes to retract an auction bid. They'll need to contact the seller via messages to request a retraction. There was an article. This appeared several different places. The one I will link to in the show notes and the description below, as always, is on, I believe, Business Insider. It's one of these. It pops up from time to time in the major media. Something like this. 16-year-old entrepreneur reportedly brought in $1.7 million reselling video games, outdoor heaters, and above-ground swimming pools at sky-high prices during the pandemic. Uh, Tons of articles like this, like I said, over time. Uh, This one is about a New Jersey teen who supposedly made $1.7 million reselling low-stock items. The article originally appeared in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, The young man, 16 years old, Max Hayden, uh, said he sold things for more than double their retail price. And it points out that entrepreneurial Gen Z are increasingly finding new ways to make money online. And if you if you watched any of the you know kind of mainstream news recently, you'll know that kind of in that low wage worker field, fast food workers, retail workers, there is actually a labor shortage right now. And that's for this is one of the reasons these Gen Z folks are not going to work that hard for that little money when there are options available to them to do other things like we as resellers are already doing. So this is going to be a big change in the labor market. You're going to see a lot more, you know, 
five years ago or whatever, it was kind of the gig economy. Now it's moved on to other things. Some of it is still gig. A lot of it is kind of passion economy, people doing things that they are really, really interested in and passionate about, whether that's streaming live video games or whatever it is. There are just so many more ways for, in particular, tech-savvy young people to make money without having a traditional job that they're just not going into the workforce for that kind of stuff. This guy obviously is at the extreme end of that with uh, $1.7 million in revenue to point, just to be fair, that is revenue. That is not profit. Um, he is claiming he made $110,000 in net profit after everything. So still pretty healthy little income for a, uh, 16 year old kid. So you can read this article, uh, again, if you want, there will be a link below, there's another article. These also appear from time to time. This one is in the Michigan Daily. Blame Goodwill for rising thrift store prices, not the girl on Depop. We have talked several times on this show about whether or not reselling is causing the gentrification and price increase that you're seeing at thrift stores. This article supports my feeling on this, that no, it is not. There is... As this article rightly points out, there is more stuff being donated to Goodwill and the Salvation Army and so on than they can ever begin to sell. Are resellers probably cherry picking the best stuff out of there? Absolutely. But is that causing the prices of these items to go up or for there to be any shortage of items for disadvantaged citizens to be able to purchase? And I would say to you, the answer to both of those is no. This article agrees with that. It's no secret that thrift store prices have changed in the last decade. That's pretty generous. They've changed significantly just in the last year. Um, Goodwill, which we've talked about extensively on this show, with a focus on doing a billion dollars a year in their online store, obviously has caught on to the fact that folks like us are going into their stores and we're cherry picking the stuff out of there for a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, and selling it for sometimes crazy money. And they're like, we've already got this stuff. Why aren't we selling it for that? Which is something I've wondered. <laughs> uh, why they haven't tried to capitalize on the amount of inventory that's just literally given to them to maximize their profit. So again, uh, the article points out, as we've talked about previously, currently only about 20% of the clothing that Americans donate ends up being sold to consumers. The argument that resellers create scarcity within thrift stores is a limited one. Most thrift stores are restocked daily and the never-ending cycle of consumerism and fast fashion prevents the majority of thrift stores from running out of donations. Uh, also talks about, especially during the early days of the pandemic, thrift stores had to stop accepting donations because they couldn't, they were getting more stuff than they knew what to do with. So this is another kind of nail in the coffin, if you will, of the idea that resellers are causing scarcity and price increases within the thrift store industry. Last bit of news, this was also on eBay. Uh, this is, in fact, available in the Seller Hub. Update on sales and exports of products with a CE mark to the European Union. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Items with that particular logo on them will require the disclosing of certain information, including a authorized, what's, what's the term for it, representative in the EU for those items. It is a really, really convoluted process. 
I don't, I don't think I've got a ton of stuff that has that logo on it. If it does and it gets to Europe and the correct items are not properly disclosed, the postal authorities, the regulatory authorities in the EU will have the right to intercept and detain that package and it will not be forwarded on to the customer. eBay, for their part, has not really said how they're going to handle that particular situation if that comes about, but they are providing a list in this article of tools and partners that we can use to help alleviate this situation. Again, it is really, really convoluted if you do not have a, the, the word is economic operator, which most of us selling out of our basements <laughs> are not going to have an economic operator in the EU. If you are looking for an EU authorized representative for the products you may sell to or in the European Union, we have identified some experienced third-party companies who may be able to assist you. The following companies can provide support for most CE-marked products, whether they are soft or hard goods. Um, this does, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that this seemed to primarily affect hard goods, electronics, that sort of thing, but it is also on some soft goods. So there's a list of companies that may be able to assist you and their respective email addresses. There is a link to visit their help hub, which details all of the information about this upcoming CE logo change. Like I said, it is a really, really complicated and convoluted thing. It is probably beyond the scope of most independent sellers to comply with. So let us know in the comments what you think about it and what, if anything, you intend to do. Are you going to suspend your sales of merchandise to the EU or are you just going to take the chance that stuff gets slips through the cracks and gets over there? With that, that's it. We're going to be back with a uh, kind of a not elite eight update on some stuff I sold last week. We'll have a business recap and a couple of questions that were sent in by uh, listeners and or viewers. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you want to do me a solid, please leave me a review. That would be awesome. If you're listening anywhere else, there's a link in the show notes to my Podchaser page where you can also go and leave a review. Be sure to check me out on YouTube at Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips and follow me on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rocks. Thanks again. For most of us, sourcing is fun, but shipping, not so much. Reselling items online is amazing until shipping turns into a full-time job. Most of us didn't get into this hustle to become shipping or logistics experts, and we also didn't think that our lives would begin to revolve around getting orders out on time. Once you reach a certain point with your reselling business, it becomes increasingly difficult to step away. Taking a break is almost impossible unless you put your store on vacation mode, which may lead to slower sales. And that's where eBliss Reseller Solutions comes in. They'll store and ship your inventory so you can focus on sourcing and finding that life balance. Finally, you can get a break from those mundane tasks. If you'd like to learn more, there's a link below to my conversation with Dave and Lori, fellow resellers and the founders of eBliss Reseller Solutions. There's also an affiliate link, which you can use to get additional information directly from eBliss and help support the podcast. 
Thanks for checking them out, and be sure to tell them that Ryan sent you. All right, so let's let's get into a couple of questions. I had a couple of people that reached out to me outside of the comments in YouTube. They reached out directly by email or messaged me on eBay with a, just a couple of quick questions about things that they were concerned about. One was about Mercari. I talk about, obviously, that I've added Mercari kind of to my listing flow through List Perfectly, and it has increased at this point, it hasn't really increased my sales. It's just allowed me to keep my head above water because eBay sales have been a little soft, but it has been very helpful. And the question was, does Mercari collect sales tax like eBay and like Amazon? And the answer is yes. You'll see if you sell on Mercari and you go into your sale detail, you will actually see the breakdown of, they do a really good job actually on an individual sale basis of showing you what all the fees are. So you've got your your sales fee, you see a separate line for your bank processing fee. And then after your net proceeds, there will be a line that shows sales tax collected by Mercari. So they are collecting and remitting sales tax on your behalf. Unlike with eBay, it never really goes into your account and back out. It's not money that passes through. So if you get a 1099 from Mercari, I don't believe sales tax will appear on there because it is being collected separately from your proceeds. So uh, if you also had a question on that, I believe, I could be wrong, you can let me know in the comments, I believe all online platforms of that size are required to collect sales tax in the states where they require sales tax and they have made those arrangements. I know, for instance, eBay only has 30-odd, I want to say it's 35 or 36 states where they collect sales tax, There are some states that don't have sales tax, so it won't be an issue. Um, But yes, Mercari does, in fact, collect sales tax. Uh, The other question I got was, I'm having a media mail issue on eBay. My active listings say free four-day shipping, and other sellers with free shipping don't show that text. But I have two-day handling time and have it set for media mail, which should be about six days. Do I have some setting wrong or something? Why is it just my listings? So we talked on this show several months ago that eBay was getting rid of the fast free logo on listings. And they were replacing it where applicable with this new, usually shows up in green like the old fast free did, that says free X number of days shipping free two day, four day, five day. I don't know what the max is that they show. I assume it's probably four or five days. And the criteria for receiving that are the zip codes that are involved. So can the item physically get from where you are to where the customer are is using your selected shipping method and is your handling time sufficiently short to allow all that to happen? So in the case of this person, she's looking at all of her listings and they all say that because, of course, eBay recognizes that they are shipping from the same zip code that she is searching from, which means that those items, even by media mail, should arrive in one or two days. She has two-day handling time, which would make it potentially four days. Again, all things being equal, other sellers who would be further away from her or who have longer handling times would not necessarily show free whatever X number of days shipping 
because they're too far away for that particular shipping service, or again, their handling time is too long for that item to qualify. If they happen to be shipping by first class or priority, those items would again show up, again, assuming they're within the zip code range and that the handling time is sufficient. So if you're looking at your own listings and you offer free shipping, you may be seeing free X number of days shipping on literally every listing you have. And when you look at competitors' listings, depending on their, again, on their handling time and how far away from you they actually are, they may not show that logo. As you move further out away from you, those things will change. So that is, it's totally reliant on the shipping time and the handling time and the method of shipping that you've selected. That, let's say for me here in Ohio, somebody that's buying an item from me that's free shipping with media mail, I have one business day handling time and it's going to say Indiana, Michigan, Pennsylvania, somewhere relatively close. It's going to show free three or four day shipping. That same item a customer in California is looking at, it's not going to show that. It will still show that the shipping is free, but it's not going to have in green free X number of days shipping because the media mail shipping time estimate is going to be too long. So even though my business handling time is one day, media mail to California from here is probably if we're going to be really generous, we'll call it five days. <laughs> uh, but it's probably more than that. It's probably six or seven days, realistically. So it would not qualify for that particular program. So if you've had that question, why you're seeing that on some listings and not on others, hopefully that helps. So let's recap. Last week's business, I'm, I'm teasing you again. I'm holding that uh, Not Elite 8 items for the very, very end. Uh, last week, a pretty good week on the listing front. I got a cool even 100 new listings up on eBay, which took my total to 6618 uh, plus 27 for the week. I did 73 listings sold last week across the various platforms. Mercari got 94 new listings. I did six auction listings over on eBay. So those, of course, did not go to Mercari. That took my Mercari listing total to 2805, which was a net gain of 48. Sales for the week, a little bit off from the week before, but still not too terrible. 1237 and 46 cents. They were across a range of different platforms, but most of the amounts were fairly small for last week. The Westchester Antique Center, I managed to sneak in $7.82 before the plastic wall went up across my booth for the construction that we talked about last week. So hopefully sometime later this week, that will come down and things will pick back up over there. But $7.82 at the Westchester Antique Center. Uh, Bonanza. We've not talked about Bonanza for a while. There is a link in the show notes and description below. If you're not selling on Bonanza and you're on eBay, it's not. It's never big money, at least for me. Um, but it's essentially free money because once it's set up, it automatically pulls your listings from eBay. It automatically deletes those listings when they're sold on eBay and vice versa. It'll market uh, unsold on eBay if it sells on Bonanza. So it is a really seamless process. Essentially, once it's set up, it ends up being free money. So click that link. Go check it out if you're not using Bonanza. Last week, Bonanza was good for $43.29 in gross sales. 
uh, $48.12 in various other kind of affiliate stuff. Someone, thank you very much, bought a t-shirt over on uh, my spring store. So thank you very much for that. There were also a couple people that contributed to the show through the PayPal link in the description below. So thank you so much. I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. And of course, all of the comments from last week about how much people enjoy and appreciate this show. So I really, I truly appreciate that. Thank you for everyone who contributed either through a comment or a share or subscribe into the channel or your contribution or your purchase. It means the world to me. So thank you very much. Mercari, $135. So it's still not doing what I would like it to do. When I started this project with List Perfectly, I was hoping that Mercari would on a consistent basis do about 20% of the number that I was doing on eBay. It is still running anywhere from 10 to 13%. So it's not quite where I want it. $135 last week over on Mercari. And eBay was good for $1,023. Cost of goods sold last week, $39.40, which left me with a gross profit of 96.82%, 1198.06. Expenses for the week were actually pretty high, relatively speaking. Uh, the total was six fifty five ninety four. So I had to order some supplies. I think I ordered. What did I order? Some bubble wrap, maybe. Uh, I had to one hundred and fifty four dollars worth. <laughs> uh, I think I ordered some bubble mailers. I was starting to run low on bubble mailers, so I had that. I had my list perfectly subscription that came due. I had my website hosting fee that came due. So lots of just nagging little bills last week. Um, and then of course the two big ones, the listing and selling fees at the various sites, $175 and 12 cents and outbound shipping for two forty five forty one. So my total operating expenses again, six fifty five ninety four, which left me with a net profit of just 43.81%, 542.12. So not the, not the best week, but again, Part of the cost of doing business, you got to have supplies. You can't ship stuff if you don't have bubble mailers. So it is what it is. We'll take it and get on with the next. Now, let's look at this. I call it the not elite eight because I really wasn't anything that fantastic last week. Obviously, I did almost a little over $1,200. So things were pretty good. But as we've talked about previously, I do a lot of sub $20 business. I think my average ticket price is 17 bucks. So I've got a lot of stuff in that sub $20 range. And obviously I'm not going to bore you with 74 <laughs> or 73 sold listings. I'm only going to highlight some of the more interesting ones. And this week there are only eight that I felt were worth sharing this first item. I wanted to keep this thing so bad. <laughs> Uh, Microsoft Natural Ergonomic Keyboard, uh, model number 4000, USB keyboard, the kind of split letters, the ergonomic. I used one previously, and I a lot of people don't like them. I love them. It is so much more comfortable to use. If I'm doing a lot of typing, my wrists start to hurt on a traditional keyboard. On this thing, man, it is easy sailing. I really wanted to keep this thing. I don't have any 
available USB ports left on my computer. I've got so much other stuff <laughs> connected to it. I just had nowhere to plug this thing in. My current keyboard is wireless. So if I ever stumble across one of these that's wireless, I'll probably be keeping it. But this I couldn't keep. I picked it up at a garage sale last week. Um, I probably overpaid for this. It was a uh, fundraiser for a child with, and I forget the disease, some fairly rare disease. So every year this neighborhood does a charity fundraiser kind of neighborhood garage sale for this young man. So, and they don't have prices on anything. It's all donation. So I bought this thing and another small electronic item and I paid about 10 bucks a piece for them. So normally I wouldn't pay that much, but this thing looked like it would probably sell fairly quickly. It went for $23.99 plus customer paid shipping. So not a great flip, but a good story. And, you know, I, I did my good deed for the week. I contributed to a good cause. Uh, CD, new and sealed, a single history, 1991 through 97 by Unwound from 1999 on Kill Rockstars, a really cool indie label from, I don't know if they're still around. I've kind of lost touch with the new music scene. This was part of the big lot that I own for about three and a half cents. It went for $24.99 with free shipping. This was an item I sold on Bonanza, uh, $39.99 plus, no, just $39.99. The rest was tax. Uh, A Short History of the English People, Volume 2 by J.R. Green from 1893. So this is another one of those old antique books. Pretty nice book uh in reasonably good condition for its age a little bit of tanning on the pages but the cover was in really good shape so nice sale over on bonanza the other thing was like a four dollar cd uh again they all it all adds up they all count uh this item was interesting i think i shared this also on instagram because the offer amount was so odd 36 dollars and 66 cents plus shipping for edgar Allan poe a Critical Study by Arthur Ransom. This was another old book from 1910, a first edition hardcover that was in actually really good condition. I think at the time I listed this, I had the only one out there. It has been here for a long, long time. Was caught up in my current 40% off sale. This guy wanted a little bit more off than that. Offered me $36.66. I own the book for a quarter. So rather than haggling over a couple of bucks, I went ahead and took that and got that thing out of my basement. Here's another item I accepted an offer on, Pocket Battleship, the story of the Admiral Shear. This is a first U.S. edition hardcover from 1958. I had this listed, I think, for $49.99 or best offer. I received an offer of $40 plus free shipping. And went ahead and sent this on its way. This was a really interesting pickup. Um, I had I found two of these at a garage sale. I paid, I think, a dollar each for these. Uh, old TV show, Banachek. This was, uh, what's his name? George Papard, who went on to be in the A-Team and a bunch of other stuff. But this was back before he was super cool. Uh, there were two seasons. This was a TV guide special edition. I think one of them was two DVDs and the other one's three DVDs. I listed these individually on eBay and Mercari for, I think essentially $28 a piece. I got offers on both of them over on Mercari for $24. So $48 total with free shipping. 
cost was still under a pound medium ale, so two eighty nine to ship these things. Uh, for now, remember that's going up in August to like three nineteen. USPS. Anyway, uh, forty eight dollars with free shipping for two DVDs that I own for a buck a piece. Another CD. This is another one out of that big lot. So three and a half cents. Trash Brats, The Joke's On You. This is from Megalomania Records up in Detroit from 1995. I had this listed for $39.99 or best offer. Received an offer of $35 with free shipping and went ahead and sent this bad boy out as well. And now, the flip of the week. Not a huge one. It's another book that I own for a quarter. So from a gross profit standpoint, it was pretty good. Uh, Bulwer's Novels Edition Deluxe, number 18, uh, Zanoni from 1892. This was a, there was a set of these books. This was another one that I got in a big lot. I own it for a quarter, but I didn't have the complete set. So I started selling these things individually. They have brought just crazy money when they have sold. It was a limited edition set, only a thousand sets printed. This the ones I did have, and I think I still got a couple of them left, were number 772 out of 1,000. So it was a numbered limited edition set. I received a best offer of $50.99 on this with free shipping. I think I was asking like 60 bucks for all of these. And yeah, again, from a quarter to $50.99, we'll take that all day long. So not, a, not the $130 radar detector from last week, but still a pretty nice flip. Again, last week, fairly busy, lots of little stuff. But as I said, it all adds up. Let me know down in the comments what's going on in your world of reselling at the moment. I hope business is good. I hope you're staying healthy. If you're in the cicada zone, I hope you're avoiding the bugs. Man, some of the sales, <laughs> uh, they are just everywhere, man. I i was talking to somebody, we're way off the topic here, but about 17 years ago when this brood x or brood 10 whatever it is happened last time and i just i have no recollection of it uh but man they are just thick as thieves they are everywhere and some sales are worse than others if it's an older neighborhood with a lot of old trees man they're just dive bombing everything so let me know what your experience with those bugs has been I don't, I guess they're, they're annoying. They don't bite. They don't sting. They don't do anything, but get stuck in your hair and fly through the car. They fly around like they're drunk. I, if you're not in an area where you're dealing with these, you, it's probably hard to wrap your head around <laughs> uh, what they're going on, but they have these, these giant red eyes, but for all intents and purposes, they appear to be totally blind because they just fly directly into walls, cars, people. They, it's like they can't see anything. So anyway, uh, let us know what's going on in your world. Uh, and now I've got to get some listings done. So it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you again next time.